Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Psalms 23, verse 6. Psalm 23, verse 6. This is the end or the last verse of the famous 23rd Psalm. And the writer David said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There was a teacher that was instructing her class, and we're going to play follow the leader. So she said, I want everybody to get a pencil out. So everybody gets a pencil out. And I want everybody to pretend that they're a billionaire. And I want everyone to write an essay about being a billionaire. Follow instructions, follow the leader, go. So everyone starts writing an essay about being a billionaire. Except for one student. He just kind of leans back and puts his arms behind his head and doesn't do anything. And the teacher said, Why aren't you following instructions? He said, I am. She said, I told you, pick up a pencil, pretend you're a billionaire, and write an essay. The young man just looked up, shrugged his shoulders, and said, I'm waiting for my secretary. (laughs) Hey, if you were a billionaire, right? We're dealing on Psalm 23 and verse 6 on God follows me. God follows me. The psalmist said, surely goodness and mercy, that's going to follow me. And this evening, I want to look at three things as we come to the end of Psalm 23. The first thing that David said, he said one word. We want to look at this one word. He said, surely. Paul said something similar. He said, I know whom I believe. He said in another place, whose I am and whom I serve. But Paul made a declaration. Paul said that he that began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Similarly, David said, he said, surely. It's kind of like a boast in God. So there was an old commercial, and I don't know if you've heard this commercial for a deodorant called Sure. I don't know if they even make this deodorant anymore, but the deodorant, if you put it on, you're allowed to, you know, they have these commercials, raise your hand if you're sure because you won't be all sweaty and everything. And it has these people all raising their hand because they have the right deodorant on. Well, brethren, similarly, we can raise our hands and worship God because we're sure that God will do what he said. So to be sure about something is to be confident that something is taken care of. In Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 16, it said, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. That means a safe foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. You know that 
I would rather believe in what God said and God's word says than all the power that man has. Because similarly, when Jesus was crucified, they came to Pilate and said, uh, in Matthew chapter 27, they called Jesus a deceiver. Isn't that a something that people call Jesus what they are? But anyway, so they said, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said, while he was yet alive, After three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day. We're going to make sure that nobody gets in and nobody gets out, that they won't steal the body, lest the disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He's risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. And so Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. You know, man can do all they want to make things safe or sure or keep their word, but man's word is not going to prevail over God's word. They could have had all of the Roman soldiers there, but you just got to flip to the next chapter. In Matthew chapter 28, the Bible said, Behold, there was a great earthquake in verse 2, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. I can see him just crossing his arms like this and say, just try me. And the Bible says, and his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. You know that God said he was going to rise from the dead. It doesn't matter what man says. You can have surely, that's what David said, I trust God. And surely God's word is going to prevail over man's word. Someone said this and uh, David said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Now, when you can't see God's hand, we learn to trust his heart. We learn to trust his heart. So David is writing this from the point of being a sheep and having a shepherd. And he said, in light of all that God has done in my life, I know that surely God's going to be good to me. Surely God's going to have mercy on me. It says in Jeremiah 9 and 24, this boast that he makes is similar to what Jeremiah makes. But let him that glorieth, glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. You know what Paul said, citing the Old Testament? In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 31, he said, That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. And that's what we're talking about. That's what the psalmist was saying. He said, surely. And you know, that's a real boast. And you know, sometimes it's easy to boast when things are going right, but things aren't always going right. But we can still boast in the Lord. There's a lady named Mary. When her sister Martha was flipping out and all... Uh, cumbered about with all this serving. What was Mary doing? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus and hearing his word. 
And you know that when the life goes crazy around us, all of us are here. But you know, you're not sitting at the feet of Jesus, but really that's what we're doing. We're not just listening to the pastor, but Bible study is when we're sitting at the feet of Jesus and there's a peace knowing, you know what, the world's crazy, but you know, sometimes we just need to put the world on pause and just come see what God wants to say to us. And the Bible said that Mary was content listening to Jesus and her sister was flipping out and her sister wanted Mary to come flip out with her. Why? Misery loves company. Well, it's not fair. You made me to serve alone. She wasn't. You know when people kind of modify the truth a little bit? You know what? Jesus gave her the double Martha. When Jesus says your name twice, he didn't say Martha. He said, Martha, Martha. Thou art careful and troubled about, not with serving, he said, with many things. You know what he said? Martha, you got issues. <laughs> That's what he said. And Martha was trying to blame Mary and blame, what was Mary doing? She was just listening to Jesus. People find fault, you know? Before I was a Christian, no one really found fault with me going to the bar. But as soon as I started going to church, people find fault with me all of a sudden. I'm just going to church. I'm not doing anything wrong. But you know what? I'm thankful that Jesus said, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, that surely part. You know what I can depend upon? I can depend on Jesus to be Jesus. Amen. Amen. I can depend upon Jesus to be Jesus. And notice he protected Mary. He said, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You know, when you make Jesus your king, and spend time with him, he will actually protect you. God will actually come to your aid. God will actually have people speak on your behalf. The Bible said, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace. That means you don't have to go fight your battles. You can just let God fight your battles. It's better for your knuckles that way, okay? God's got bigger knuckles, okay? Let, I mean, unless you're in boxing class, you got to fight your own battles, okay? But if you're not in boxing class, you shouldn't have to fight your own battles. Let God do it, and you just sit at the feet of Jesus. It's a big deal, but it works. He said, surely. So he's ending with the boast, because like I said, uh, the second thing, he said, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. You know, that's an easy statement to make in favorable circumstances. You know, someone gets a new car, praise God! Then someone gets the first payment of their car, they're not so praise God, right? You know that... <laughs> I, I remember there was a Bible school student that came to car, uh, Bible school with like this new car. I think it might have been a Mercury or something, or Pontiac. It doesn't even exist anymore, right? So it was a long time ago. And I don't even remember who the illustration was about. I'm fairly certain it's not Reverend Patterson, so it's no one anybody knows. But uh, the pastor noticed that they never got that temporary tag done. You know, it was just stayed temporary. It's all tattered, you know, that old, and it was out of date. And so the pastor said, well, why didn't you um, get your plates on, brother? Because he didn't have any money. He didn't have any money to get his car registered. He spent it all on the car payment, you know. But my point is, when, when things are going well and exciting and good, Psalmist said, and in my prosperity... Psalm 30 and verse 6, I said, I shall never be moved. You know, it's when you boast in God, when, man, all the bills are paid and you're healthy, man, you can't understand why anyone has a rotten attitude. God just so good. But then things change. 
But then we get sick. But then the check plays basketball, you know? Ding, 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 and bounces. But even though things go up and things go down, this psalmist made a boast in God that God's goodness is coming my way. And you know, that's a real statement of faith. But you know what? It's also true. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, I like it says this verse 2, And all these blessings shall come on thee, and what? Overtake thee. You can't outrun God's blessings. You know, you can't outrun God's judgment either, but as Christians, we're not looking to do that. We're looking to just go for Jesus. And as we work for Jesus, it says, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. God's goodness will come upon us. And you know what? It's good when good things happen to us and we can just rejoice in the good things. You know, uh, and brethren, those are blessings. Paul said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. And in all of the circumstances, though, he said, I've learned to be content. Whatever situation is, God is good. I remember reading the Bible said his goodness shall follow me. You know, God's a good God. And if you're a good God, you'll do good things. And it says that in the Psalms. It says in Psalm 119, verse 68, Thou art good and doest good. You know, if you're a good God, what are you going to do? Good. The Bible says in the Gospels, Jesus went about doing good. Well, I say it was a do-gooder. I want to be a do-gooder, just like Jesus. Because Jesus does good. A do-gooder, they put that as a slam, right? do-gooder. I hope so, just like Jesus. Amen. And then the psalmist says, teach me thy statutes. You know, the goodness of God is following us. And um, there was a man, and again, when I talked about uh, good times and bad times, you know, when God's good and things are good and you can just shout, but what about when things aren't so good? Can we still believe that goodness is following us, that goodness is coming our way? Uh, there was a preacher, and you can read about this. His name is George Mueller, and he started an orphanage like in the 1800s. Quite a man of faith. If you read about him, he's quite a man of faith. Well, his wife died. And you know, when you get married, you take these vows, and one of the things you say is, till death do us. Because usually one person leaves before the other one, right? Unless you're not watching where you're going and you go off a cliff, right? And it might be just like, milliseconds but you're right at the same time when you leave but it usually happens that just in the course of nature and say well preacher uh i would be devastated well it's devastating but can we still trust in god's goodness is going to follow because he preached his wife's funeral and he preached from psalm 119 verse 68 thou art good and doest good and then he preached a three-point message that god was good in giving her to me that was a good God. And then he said, God was good in leaving her so long with me because they had a long marriage. But then he didn't stop there. He said he was good in taking her from me. You see, God's a good God. And he was trusting the whole of the situation to God's goodness. And there was a doctor that was observing around that time. And he said that George Mueller was unhuman. Not inhuman but unhuman because his peace and his serenity, the doctor was just watching him saying, how can you act like that in this situation? Because his goodness and mercy is going to follow me. 
You know, when we really trust that, we can go through any situation and the word of God is more than a book. It shows us the very heart of God. And you can have the peace of God. That's why it says it passes all understanding. Why? Because of the goodness of God that's going to follow me. And you know, I've, I've seen people get down. Brethren, I've been down. But you know, thank God that there's brothers and sisters around to say, hey, God will bless you. God will take care of you. God's going God's gonna to work it out. We need that. We need brothers and sisters to be biblical reminders and say, hey, hey, just keep going. The Bible even says, let's not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we're going to do what? We're going to reap. And, you know, that's in there for us. That's in there for the church that, you know, the goodness of God. Brethren, it's coming. You know, like, you know, you're paying church rent, paying church rent, and then all of a sudden you have a church building. I mean, it's coming, but it was like, not one year, not five years, not 10 years. You know, like, guess, up, up, no way. You were in a storefront for 20 years? Yes, in more than one. This one's better than the last one. Amen, thank God for this one. You remember the last one, right? With that certain establishment across the street? Yeah, thank you, Jesus. You know, inflation, right? It was so expensive, they couldn't afford clothes in that establishment. But anyway, so... The Bible said goodness, but also mercy. Jesus is merciful. You know, they sell a preacher, this and that and the other, and I don't deserve, you know, none of us deserved anything, but I'm thankful that the gospel and the life of Jesus show he's merciful. <laughs> the Bible says we, we have to remember that from about what I'm going to go to say after this, but we need to remember God's a merciful God. And God might not do things the way we do things. Maybe, maybe the way that a policeman would do things or a, or a judge in a black robe would say something. When the woman was caught in adultery, Jesus actually came to her defense. He wasn't saying what she did was right. But after all of that was said and done, really Jesus was on trial. The woman was on, wasn't on trial. Okay. But he said, woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. Listen, the merciful Jesus said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He could have condemned her. He, could have, he was without sin. He could have thrown the first stone and it caused an avalanche of judgment. But Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost and that which was broken and that which was in need of mercy. You know, sinners are in need of mercy. We don't need someone to put us out of our misery, okay? We need someone to help us out of our misery, not put me in the more misery, okay? I've already got misery. And then company came home. You know, they, they're there already, right? But Peter denied him three times. The Bible said after he rose from the dead, the angel said, go your way, tell his disciples. And Peter. Not because Peter was so good, but because Peter had denied Jesus even existed. But God said in his mercy, go get Peter too. Give him another chance. God is a merciful God. And you know that's written in the Gospel of Mark. Mark decided to go home because for whatever reason, this journey wasn't, the missionary journey maybe wasn't easy. So he went home and, and, and left Paul hanging. Okay? But God redeemed him. And it says in 2 Timothy, take Mark and, and bring him with thee, for he's profitable to me for the ministry. God brought him back. And you know what? We read about this account uh, about Peter being brought back in the gospel of Mark. God used him to write a gospel. So God is in the process and he is in the uh, idea of giving 
getting mercy. And as I'm about to kind of transition here, the last thing, and I've got so many more illustrations from the Bible, but to kind of shrink it down, a person asked Jesus a question. He said, what, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Good question. That's a good question. He said, what's written in the law? How readest thou? He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, with all thy strength. And with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do and thou shalt live. And that you'd think the guy would just walk off. But he said, he heard the neighbor part. And he said, and he said unto Jesus, And who's my neighbor? Well, get this straight. Love my neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Like the, the people on the sides of me in my house? And he began to talk about a man who went from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. And they stripped him of his raiment, of his clothes, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. So you can imagine a guy all beat up and bleeding. And it said, by chance, there came down a certain priest, a man of the cloth, right? A religious guy, a guy who knew the scriptures. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side of the road. Didn't even go to see if the man was still alive. If you're half dead, you're half alive, right? He's like, ooh, nasty. I'm not going to get my clothes on that. And you know, everyone, we were talking about this. Everyone has their excuses. Priests could not touch a dead body. You know why? They would be unclean and they couldn't perform their work. And so in his mind, like all of us, we have our excuses, right? It's like, oh, I would help that guy out, but you know, I've got my requirements for work. But the man wasn't dead, but he didn't care. He's like, well, if I go to the other side, maybe I won't hear if he's alive. We all have our own justification, but he passed by on the other side. And then there came a Levite, another worker in the temple of the tribe of Aaron, or of, of passed down of a descendant of Aaron, of the tribe of Levi. When he was passed at the place, it says, he came and looked on him. He actually crossed the street and looked at, down at the guy, sees him like, you know, moving around and stuff. And then it said, <laughs> he passed by on the other side like nasty I don't want any get any cooties I don't know what he said and then a certain Samaritan as he journeyed and as Samaritans were kind of like what they call a half breed so in Samaria under the uh, captivity of Assyria the king would send all of these different religions and people into this part of Israel so it was a mishmash of cultures. It was a mishmash of, uh, of uh, races. It was a mishmash of religions. And Samaritans were seen as half-breeds. They weren't respected. And uh, to call someone a Samaritan was like a, like a, a downer to, or, or a, an insult to call someone a Samaritan. So it really means something. But you know what? If you've been picked on, it can help your compassion grow. You know when others are picked on. You know, it was funny, Brother Patrick was sharing about some of his stories about some of the interesting people through the years and some of the things that he's faced, and he'll have to tell you. But you know, if someone treats you wrongly, it can give you more compassion to others. So this Samaritan came, probably a businessman, as he journeyed, came where he was. So he walked across the street. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. He doesn't know who he was. Went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, set him on his own beast, you know, put the bloody guy on his own, in his own car, right? And brought him to an inn 
and took care of him. And on the morrow, he, when he departed, he took out two pence, gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I'll repay thee. Now Jesus had a lesson. He said, Which now of these three, he spoke to the man with the question, thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And the man responded, he that showed, here's that word, mercy upon him. And here's what Jesus said. Go and do thou likewise. You know, when Jesus passes by, when he passed by the blind, uh, the blind man, he said, thou son of David have what? Mercy on me. And when Jesus passed by, it didn't take long. That man received his Sight. So when Jesus passes by, things change for the better. And Jesus said to this man who asked the question, Do thou likewise. Do what I do. And when we pass by, you see, this Psalm 23 was written for sheep, right? Well, well managed sheep, if they're taken care of, will be a blessing to the land they are on. What do you mean? I thought sheep destroy the land. No. Their manure of the sheep, if manure is actually a fertilizer. Have you ever heard of black cow uh, compost or whatever? It's like, uh, it's the uh, mulch or whatever you buy. It's from cow manure, but they bag it and sell it because it enriches the soil. So uh, someone who manages the sheep well, their manure will actually enrich the soil where they are. Plus, sheep eat a lot of weeds and undesirable plants that people don't want on their, on their prairies and pastures. So when they pass through, they leave. After they've gone, it's a blessing. It's like better than it was before. Hey, Emma, can I ask you a question? Why does daddy pick up trash on the ground? make the world a little bit better and I but why are you doing that I'm not doing it for me when I when I make her say that I want to pass it on yes. to the next generation and really I'm not consi- I'm not I'm not here as a preacher to pick up trash okay I do okay I pick up trash but I want to pick up people yes. that the world calls trash and the world throws away and the world says hey go fix yourself you know but we need to have mercy on people yes. and you know what the Bible said Jesus said this in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the merciful. Why? You know, there's going to be a time when you need mercy. Not me, preacher. I always drive the speed limit. I thought I was, but I was in a rental car. And I was going fast. And the cop turned his lights on me. And he pulled me over at conference. What'd you do, preacher? I pointed up to heaven. And I said, you were in the car, right? I said, God... Get me out of this ticket. I was guilty. I was guilty. I was speeding. I wasn't one of those guys, see, it's like this. No, I was guilty. I was going fast. And the car worked. Everything worked. I didn't know how fast I was going because it was a nice car. It was not like my car. You can tell older cars when you're going faster, the steering wheel shakes and stuff. Not new cars. You just go fast. So what happened? I got out of the ticket. And you believe it was a coincidence? No, it was a small town and I was from out of town. Cops don't like intruders speeding through. I wasn't a local boy, okay? 
but he gave me mercy. Do you believe you got mercy? I believe I got mercy from Jesus. <laughs> and you know what? After you get mercy, you want to show mercy. <laughs> it's like, I've just got some mercy. Maybe I'll let my kid stay up an extra 15 minutes and watch. Maybe I'll let my kid have a little bit of extra cake or something. What? Mercy. Mercy. And the, Bi- and the Bible says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I've got a few minutes, but uh, the word house doesn't necessarily mean like the building, okay? The word here comes from a Hebrew word. Let me read Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1. Same word. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. It didn't mean put the wheels on the trailer, Noah, and put your... Put your <laughs> That's not what he said, okay? You know, get a crane and put your house on the ark. He meant your people, your family. And that's the same thing. I, I understood it differently, but he's writing from... The sheep didn't live in a house. David was talking about the family that he was in. He's like, man, God's treated me so well. I want to stay with the family of God forever. The household, that's what we call it. It's the people. That was the main reference here. David said, man, I'm going to stick with this God. This God did me right. I'm not going to try. In the military, they call it a lifer. Someone who's just in for 20 years. They're called lifers. What? You know what? I want to be an eternal lifer. That John 3.16, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But listen, have everlasting life. Why? Because Christ has everlasting life. And he imparts that to, I don't know what the house is going to look like in heaven, but we don't have to stay there. It's going to be nice outside. Yes. There's going to be plenty of food. I'm going to go to some barbecues. I'm going to go to Claude's barbecue. Yes. He owes me a barbecue. We're going to go see Claude up there. And... Uh, but I'd like to read the lyrics to this song. So God follows us, and my challenge is that, that, that the goodness and mercy will follow us. And brethren, I mean, you can write it down. God's going to take care of you. But what I'd like to impart to you is that we realize that as we pass by, that we can leave mercy and goodness to other people so they can see Jesus. And there's a song I really like. It's called uh, Find Us Faithful, and it's by a man named Steve Green. And just very quickly, I want to read these lyrics. It said, We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road. And those who've gone before us line the way. Cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary. Their lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race, not only for the prize, but as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. And then the chorus says, Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe. And the lives, we in, the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. And the last verse says, After all our hopes and dreams have come and gone, and our children sift through all we've left behind, may the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find. Let's bow our heads. Father, we're thankful to this evening for 
we can say surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, you will take care of us. We pray that God, you would help us to pass by this pilgrim journey down here for however many years and leave it a better place. And as we pass by, we would imitate you that we would leave goodness and we would leave mercy to those we pass by in our jobs, with our families, and our shopping, and our soul winning, and God, even at fast food and restaurants, and if we have disagreements, God, let us have mercy, and let us have goodness, that we can ultimately lead men and women to Jesus. Amen.